everybody, welcome back to Review-O-Mania. My name's Rob, alongside Zach. Yo. We're back after many moons. Well, I think it's been like two months, but... Has it been? Oh, feels like forever. I, I think I think the last time we released an episode was in December. Really? Okay. Yeah. It feels like forever. It does. Anyway. Maybe, maybe it was November, but in any case, it's only been like three months. Yes. How are you doing, Zach? Oh, I am doing okay. Only okay? Okay. Well, nope. we'll try to lift your spirits today with today's review of the 1995 Super J-Cup. A combination tournament between New Japan Pro Wrestling, War, and FMW... And probably Noah. I don't know. Uh, Noah wasn't around. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, Noah didn't come around until 2001. Oh. Uh, but the other federation that was uh, in this was CMLL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, this one I've never heard of before, Social Progress Wrestling Federation. S P W wow W S P W F S P W F okay it sounds like a, i don't know it sounds like if uh, bernie sanders was going to have a wrestling company he would name it that social progress wrestling hey Federation. don't be bad mouthing bernie i'm yes, bad mouthing bernie that is true that's probably what he would call it <laughs> <laughs> so what is the Super J Cup? What was the purpose of it? Why was it held? Basically, uh, in the mid-90s, throughout the world, there was a revolution in uh, light heavyweight professional wrestling. And so the Super J Cup was Japan's alternative to, I guess, like the WCW scene, which was America's biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it took all of the best junior heavyweight wrestlers from all over the world, put them into one tournament, and it combined like seven or eight different titles all in one. Ah. And yeah, it's super cool. So, <clears throat> like, if you look through the list of uh, who was in this tournament, um, like Ultimo Dragon was the NWA mid- World Middleweight Champion and the War Junior Heavyweight Champion, and there was another. And the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion was in this, um, and then in further ones like the WWF Junior Heavyweight Title would be thrown in, and the WCW one, and all that. But this is just a collection of really good junior heavyweight wrestlers. Okay, so why did we pick uh, 1995 Super J-Cup? Well, uh, because we could easily find it, one. And two, um, it has Jujin Liger, uh, who just recently retired, uh, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho, Ultimo Dragon, and Ghetto, all under one tournament. And Sho Funaki. Yes, and also Shofunaki. And other people who would later on become, uh, or who were at the time, 
uh, big stars like uh, Shinichiro Otani was a big uh, junior heavyweight star in New Japan. Um, Masaki Mochizuki uh, is was a a um, relative newcomer at the time, but he has since become a really big star over in Dragon Gate, uh, and he's still he's still wrestling. Um, and then there's certain people like. Dos Caras was here, <laughs> and uh, Dos Caras is uh, Alberto uh, El Patron's father, or Alberto Del Rio, if you're a WWF fan, and uh, he's still wrestling, and he's like 68. Oh, no. Yeah, he mostly wrestles in Japan with his brother, Mil Mascaris. Oh. Yeah. There you go. So we're just going to be looking at the first round today. Yes, because it was very long, and yeah. Don't want to go through the entire tournament in one go. Yeah, it's a well, we, the video itself is about four hours long. Um, I but, cut out a lot of it though because holy shit, there's a lot of talking. Right, and a lot of it is in either Japanese or Spanish. Um, and, and there's no subtitles. And there's no subtitles, so the only people that we could really understand were uh, Chris Benoit, who at the time was no uh, great shakes at talking. <laughs> And uh, Chris Jericho, or as he's called here, Lionheart. Lionheart. Yes. December 13th, 1995. Sumo Hall is shown, and the tagline of Dreams Come True Again is shown to a backdrop of many different wrestlers, all of which will be on tonight's card. Except for two. Ah. Each wrestler gets to say a little something to... Uh, all with fire burning in the background. <laughs> very 90s. Yes, it was very 90s. And we should say that this uh, this initial Super J Cup was held by the war uh, promotion. Um, so, uh, Genichiro Tenru's uh, baby. Yep. Later, later versions were going to be held in New Japan because war folded. But uh, this first one was held by war. Gotcha. Yeah, so it says New Japan Pro Wrestling, War, FMW, and some Mexican wrestlers are all sharing a ring, and the event is hosted by War. Uh, they have more interviews. Everyone is brought to the ring. More pomp and circumstance. I skipped all this and just went into the first match because. Right, but man, the, the they love their pageantry. The, they do. The important thing to know here is they do show the tournament brackets, and both Jujin Liger and Chris Benoit. Uh, get buys for the for the first round. Chris Benoit won the Super J Cup last year in 1994, which also had uh, Eddie Guerrero in it. Um, that would have been a fun one to watch, and it also had uh, Dean Malenko as well. That would have yeah. been a really good one to watch. Definitely. Uh, and that and then uh, Jujin Liger also gets a buy because he is the uh, top junior heavyweight in the world at this point. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. Thanks for explaining. Yeah. Opening match, round one. Grand Naniwa versus Damien666. Yes. <laughs> this match. Yes. I... Wow. So before I start, I had to look up who is Grand Naniwa, the wrestler. I'd never heard of him before. And after seeing, the, after seeing his mask, which looked like racist as hell... Uh, I did read that he does do a comedy gimmick, mimicking crabs. 
Yes. And then he even wrestled at ECW in 1998. Yeah, maybe we'll have to look that up. Um, Sadly, yeah. the person playing the gimmick died of a heart attack in 2010 at the young age of 33. That is too bad. Uh, the initial mask that he's wearing is very similar to Kikutaro's mask. Are you familiar with Kikutaro? Not really. Uh, okay, so he's I'd a say no. comedy... Okay, so he's a comedy, he's a Japanese comedy wrestler now um, who uh, has a very similar mask to the one that he was wearing before he took it off, and then we saw the crab mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, it's like this uh, goofy, like pale uh, bait or like skin color mask with like humongous eyebrows, and <laughs> it just was weird looking. Yes. And then we have Damien666. Yeah, Damien666 uh, is a Mexican wrestler. I'd heard about him in passing, but I'd never seen him wrestle. He looks like Sting would steal his face paint gimmick, and Damien had pigtails. Yes. Um, so there are numerous wrestlers with 666 after their names in Mexico. Um, I think the one that's currently going is Bestia666. I don't think Damien's still wrestling. I mean, he could be, um, but it's a uh, it's a it's a weird gimmick. But there's like a whole bunch of like these evil demonic characters who go around uh, CMLL and AAA, like uh, Bestia666, and also Chestman is another one. Um, they're all like these weird demonic forces with weird face paint. Hmm. Well, Damien leaves the ring and starts to walk to the back. He clearly does not give a fuck about this tournament. Uh, he uh. then winds <laughs> up walking back. The crowd chants for him. Uh, well, he, the reason he he was going off was that they were chanting Grand Naniwa's name, and he's like, well, if they're not going to chant my name, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so in turn, <laughs> Naniwa then starts walking back to the back. Uh, Damien then does a pose, and Naniwa does several more. Damien then starts chanting, Joshu! As he applies a sharpshooter, but Naniwa gets to the ropes. Yeah. He and continues so, yelling. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, the reason he's yelling Choshu is because he's referring to. Oh, no, Ricky. Yeah, exactly. Who invented the sharpshooter. <laughs> yes, I uh, quickly found out what his gimmick was. Just steal them. It's, it's Eugene before Eugene existed. Yeah, so then he would go in the Sawa and then he would do like an elbow or Muda and he would do a moonsault. <laughs> yes. So he plays a sharpshooter, but Nanny Walk gets to the ropes. He continues yelling stuff as he hits a butt slam for some more comedy spots as both men just screw around. Damien walks half the ring on the top rope saying something to the fans, which is funny because they kept laughing. Oh, so what he was saying was he was, um, he was, he was saying, um, it, he was making reference to the guy who played Hakushi in, in WWE. Because that's his gimmick. Ah. Doing the doing the rope walk while praying and then doing the, the chop. Gotcha. So he, he was saying Hakushi's Japanese name and it, it, it's escaping me at the moment. Gotcha. 
Damien then hits a suicide dive on Naniwa, finding some real wrestling. Uh, back in the ring for a sunset flip by Naniwa for a two count. Naniwa then flips Damien onto the floor. And he hits a cross body block off the top rope, which sends both men down. Damien then starts yelling, Masawa! And does a running back elbow. So Damien's gimmick is he will do famous moves from famous wrestlers. This is what famous I'm... Japanese reference. Yes. <laughs> Damien then yells Muda, and the crowd oohs and ahs as he climbs to the top rope and then misses a moonsault. Naniwa Hurakurana's Damien for the pin at 6 minutes and 36 seconds to advance to the semifinals. Uh, after the match, Damien does the Hulk Hogan pose and starts an Onita chant and then pours sake into his mouth and spits it out like the mist. He then grabs a mic and yells into it, but I can't understand him. He keeps doing more poses and then does Enoki and then runs in place. The crowd seems to love him as he finally starts a Damien chant as he leaves. Yeah, well, so he starts chanting Onita because he's from FMW and Onita was the guy who owned owned FMW uh, at the time. And then, uh, you know, you have to throw Inoki in there because everybody loves Everyone loves Inoki. Inoki. Yeah. Except now, nobody likes Antonio Inoki now because he's kind of an asshole. (laughs) Ruined New Japan pro wrestling for several years, but uh, we'll get into that at another point. Listen, I'm going to Japan in three weeks. I'll go find Antonio Inoki and give him him what for. I wouldn't do that because he'll probably slap the shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, uh, I liked the match. It was funny. The, they would do high spots randomly. Um, I mean, it was nothing serious, which I guess is fun for, you know, opening match. But, uh, it was a good little match. Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was funny. Um, I would... I, I don't know if this is what was Damien's gimmick in FMW, which was to just do uh, the famous moves from various wrestlers. I kind of hope that's not what he was just doing in FMW all the time, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so Grand I... Aniwa was interesting. I hadn't seen him work before, so yeah. Overall, pretty fun. Yeah. And Aniwa is interviewed after the match in the back, and so is Damien. All he does is apologize and cries. <laughs> Damien is very sad he lost he's like next year yes I match... think he was in the tournament next year <laughs> <laughs> match two first round Shinji... Shinjiro Otani versus Masaki Mochizuki did I say it yeah uh, Mochizuki, Mochizuki. Um, okay yeah so Shinjiro Otani is like very famous shoot style uh wrestler from new japan and masaki mochizuki was like a karateka and this is his first year out as a professional wrestler ah so i said tony is uh, uh otani is tall and huge compared to uh i've worked on kevin's right name was saki oh because i didn't want to spell his last name compared to masaki masaki is wearing a karate robe and a black belt yeah um, and so basically Mochizuki's like uh, gimmick is that he just kicks really hard because he was like in Taekwondo and Judo and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was really interesting here because I, the first time I ever saw Misaki Mutazuki have a wrestling match was actually uh, in 2010. He had a match in PWG against Roderick Strong, um, which was really, really good. Basically, in that match, uh, Roderick Strong uh, was known for chopping people really hard in PWG at the time. So it was a chop versus their... the kick? Yeah, and so, and so Mochizuki, every time uh, Roderick Strong would chop him in the chest, he would just kick him really hard in the chest. And then he's like, what's the matter? Why are you out of breath? <laughs> okay, so... Right at the uh, bell, Mochizuki takes down Otani with a spinning crescent kick and then knees to the face in the corner. A sweep of the leg and then a leg crank to follow up, but Otani reverses into one of his own. Kicks by Masaki, but Otani keeps striking him and comes back with a mafia kick and then starts working over the the left leg of uh, Masaki. More submissions to the legs and ankles by Otani. Out of nowhere, Masaki gets a bridging German suplex for a near fall on Otani. Masaki keeps hitting kicks to the be- uh, to the to the chest, but Otani can take him down with an arm bar. Uh, Masaki then judo throws Otani for a near fall, and the crowd is going nuts at this point. Otani then hits a missile drop kick uh, to the ankle. Uh, of Masaki and then gets him in to an ankle lock to make him tap out at 4 minutes and 2 seconds. Yeah, I mean, this was a pretty hard-hitting match. Um, I And this was, a, even though this match was pretty short and it was clear from going on that uh, Otani was going to be the one who was going to win uh, because Masaki was just so new at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a really, really good showing for Mochizuki, and it showed that a lot of people had a lot of faith in him to actually go. And like I said, this was his first year as a professional wrestler, and you very rarely see somebody in their first year do what he was doing. Gotcha. Yeah, it was a good little match. And it was quick, which was nice. Yeah, I mean, all of the matches, for the most part, are uh, short in this first round. Yep. Match three, round one. Shoichi Funaki versus Ultimo Dragon. Yes. So, yes. SmackDown's number one announcer. Yes. It is <laughs> the same show, Funaki. Fans know and love from the WWE. A very, one y- a very young one who is very built. Holy <laughs> shit, was he buff here. <laughs> yeah, a, he a bit, well, once they buff, he's bulky. Yeah, no, he's a thick boy. Yes, he is thick with two C's. No, it's it's at least a three C thick. There you go. The bell rings and a big Funaki chant breaks out. Ultimo tries to pander to the crowd and covers his ears and tells the crowd to be quiet, but they don't listen. I like that. A test of strength is tried, but Ultimo takes down Funaki... And an early almost botched spot, which a front-facing Huracrano to a pin, which then turned into an ankle lock. So they were able to, like, quickly transition out of a kind of a bad botch. But 
yeah. smoothly transition into another move. So that was awesome. Uh, an ankle lock on Dragon slows things down, but quickly Dragon gets out, and both men exchange uh, headlock takeovers, and Funuka, Funuka, bleh, Funaki ends up on top with a headlock under the mat. Dragon slaps Funaki across the face as Funaki applies an ankle lock, but Dragon gets on gets one of his own. Uh, at the same time, uh, they they then wrestle over. What is it? They then wrestle over who can apply the move harder. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So yeah, they like start trying to give each other harder and harder ankle locks. Apparently, it's like if Jack Swagger and Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle had him had a match. There you go. Yeah. And this goes on for a really long time. Finally, back to their feet. Each man tries for a roll up. Is only getting a two count. Funaki hits a back suplex for another two, and a fisherman buster for a number two, for another two. The crowd is firmly behind Funaki, but Funaki lowers his head, and this allows Dragon to hit a fisherman buster of his own, and then a Frankensteiner off the top rope, and then finally follows up with a moonsault to the back, and then an arm-spinning small package to pick up the win at seven minutes. So, Funaki has been eliminated. Yes, but we all kind of knew that this was going to happen because Ultimo Dragon is actually running the show. Like oh, he's well, booking. There you go. He's booking. That's... He's booking this tournament. So he's like, I'm not going out in the first round. And also, <laughs> at the end, I'm going to hit you with a lariat, and then I'm going to hit you with a Frankensteiner and a moonsault, and then you're going to take my La Mistral. Ah, that's what that is. Uh, La Mistral, yeah. Mistral Cradle. No. Okay, I didn't know the exact... I heard the name before, I just didn't exactly know what it was. Yeah, and so he's just like, yeah, uh, you can you can look good, but then uh, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, that was my biggest problem with the matches, because it was like Funaki dominated so much of this match yes. that at the end, it's like, okay, well, I don't have any damage anymore. I am Ultimo Dragon. I am the ultimate dragon. So I am going to now win. Yes. Uh, so that was kind of weird, um, but I guess it's not super surprising considering that I've talked. I've heard Chris Jericho talk about uh, Dragon's uh, attitude towards things, and it's like, well, obviously I am winning because I am I am better than you, that sort of thing. There you go. All right. Match for round one. Masayoshi uh, Mota Motegi. Motegi versus Kato. Yeah, Kato. You know, the <laughs> Booker, Ma Booker Man. I respect you, Booker Man. Yes. There you go. All right. Masayoshi comes out in all black wearing a belt. And a very young Gato with bleach blonde hair. Standard leapfrog spot. Gato to the outside and allows Motagi to hit a suicide dive onto Gato. He then throws him. I'm sorry. He then hits him in the shoulder with this belt. Seemingly in front of the ref, but no DQ is called. I'll also just point out that this belt is the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Oh, man. Gato is rammed into the ring post 
And then his arm is wrapped around it as well as the crowd boos Motage. A Gato chant breaks out and the Gato continues to be worked over. He gets put in an arm bar and then a leg scissors. Gato starts coming back with the Dusty Road style elbows to the face of Motage. He is then able to get an upper hand again and works over the left arm of Gato. A brain buster by Motage gets a pinfall, uh, near pinfall, excuse me. Gato blocks a kick and hits a drop kick off the middle top, uh, middle rope. He then climbs the ropes and tries for a splash or a headbutt and misses. And this allows Motage to hit a trifecta of German suplexes with the final one bridging for a near fall. He then hits a tombstone pile driver, climbs to the top rope, but misses the big splash. Motage goes for a drop kick, but Gato turns it into a power bomb, and then he locks on the Gato clutch, and Motage submits for six at six minutes and fifty six seconds. Yeah, so Gato is also like a big star in war, and because he's uh, and because war is putting this on. Uh, he's another person who's like Superman. <laughs> um, I thought this match was okay, but uh, I had never like I had always heard that Ghetto is called the Dusty Roads of Japan, and I had never really understood why. But uh, after seeing this match, I can kind of I can kind of gotcha. Yeah, match five, round one, L Samurai. Versus Das Karas. Yeah, this is this is weird because El Samurai is a masked wrestler. Um, he has this he has that weird sort of mustache thing going on, so he kind of looks like uh, one of the Guerreros, um, but he's not. And then Dos Karas, like this is like a supposed to be a young man's tournament. Dos Karas was 48 here. Jesus. <laughs> well, good for him. So Dos Karas is pretty over with the crowd. He milks his entrance. Both men play to the crowd <clears throat> and start mimicking each other. They finally lock up, and Karas bows as he walks back, allowing Samurai off the mat. Uh, Karas gets some kind of weird hold on his ankle. I didn't know what this was. Where yeah, Samurai so is, car- yeah, uh, Samurai yeah, was so- flat on his stomach, and he had to drag himself to the rope, so Karas just held his ankles down. What was this? Yeah, so uh, in in Lucha, there's a, there's a lot of submission holds that are called three-in-ones. They don't necessarily have a name, mm-hmm. but you attack three different joints all at the same time, and Dos Karas kept doing three-in-ones. During, ah. during this match and it was like they're they're impressive looking but they also look like they don't really hurt that much no he was like just pressing his ankle into the mat right it's like all right this is clearly fake yes but it was still impressive yes honestly gets a crazy stretch on samurai which well, should have been a pin attempt but it wasn't called samurai that gets out and suplexes Karas, and Karas gets another submission an arm wrench, but Samurai is able to get to the bottom rope using his foot. Carson gets Samurai into a Mexican surfboard. Uh, 
which the crowd oohs and ahs for, but it's too close to the ropes. Samurai is able to get to the outside. They then shake hands, but Samurai boots Karis low, hits a flying clothesline, and then they send each other to the outside. Karis hits a suicide dive, sending Samurai across some tables where the ring announcer and the timekeeper are, are located, and they both get in at 9. Karis is able to get another crazy submission hold, and Samurai is able to escape, and he hits a uh, sitting pile driver. Karis is able to cradle Samurai for two near falls. Samurai hits a big power bomb for a near fall of his own. Uh, yes, the Samurai bomb. Ah, okay. And then he hits a Frankensteiner from the top rope for a near fall, and then climbs to the top rope and misses a flying headbutt. Karis climbs to the top rope, hits a flying crossbody into a pin, and is able to pick up the win at seven minutes. Yeah, this was a little bit of a weird match. There was some points in there that, like, the communication seemed to have broken down, and there were some awkward spots. And also, that top of Frankensteiner spot always scares the crap out of me. Yeah. They look they look kind of uneasy up there. It, I don't know if it was, like, uh, if it was El Samurai or Dos Caras, but, like, anytime they went up to the top rope, they came, seemed kind of shaky, so I don't know if somebody got their bell wrong or something. Hmm. Um, I like the match, but the mission, a lot of the submissions I'd never seen before, so I didn't really know what to think. Yeah, it's just, uh, those, those three-in-ones. <laughs> yeah. I really like the fact that after the match, Samurai really played to the crowd that he was, like, upset about losing. Like, it was a big deal to him. Yeah. Well, I, um, a lot of these, uh, there is a couple of people who are coming back for their second uh, go around in the Super J Cup, and El Samurai is one of them. So I, he didn't win last year, and then he got knocked out in the first round this year. So that's probably why he was acting so upset. Gotcha. Match six, round one: Hanzo Nakajima versus Chris Lionheart Jericho. So Hanzo comes out dressed like a shadow warrior. A very young, young Lionheart comes from the back. And he plays to the crowd. For um, for Hanzo's ring name, he hangs upside down uh, from the top rope with his feet in the air. That's what he, uh, what he does when he's announced. <laughs> I don't know. Lionheart gives him, uh, him the middle finger as uh, uh, to Nakajima as the bell rings. Chain wrestling to start early. Lionheart... Uh, hits a stalling suplex on Nakajima, and then he yells, Let's go, baby! While holding him in the air. I think he just enjoyed yelling English stuff because the crowd would react. I think so, too. But also, Chris Jericho does that now when yes. he's, like, 52 years old. He'll, like, do the uh, stalling suplex and then say, Come on, baby! His his ring style has not changed. But I'm okay with all. that. I, I am okay with it, too, as long as he can still do it well, yes. which he seems to be able to. Nakajina comes back with a spinning kick to the stomach and then a heel hook, but Lionheart is able to make it to the ropes. Uh, more spin kicks knock Lionheart uh, off the ring, which allows Nakajima to hit a baseball slide. And then a suicide dive 
with Nakajima landing over the mats onto the hard floor below. Lionheart then gets in at 14, and Nakajima climbs the rope, and Lionheart catches him, but looks to go for a superplex, but uh, drop kicks him, sending Nakajima to the outside. Uh, it sounds like you're going to say something. Oh, no, it's just, um, I, I, anytime somebody went outside in the, uh, like, hit hard on the outside, there were, like, there was really not a whole lot of mats, so it probably sucked. Yeah, no, it could get hurt. <laughs> Lionheart then starts a Hanzo chant with the crowd, you know, just to get them all going. Nakajima then climbs to the ring at 11. Lionheart attacks, but, uh, but Lionheart is then rolled up for a two count. Uh, and then again, Nakajima goes to the top rope, hits a flying cross body into a pin, which Lionheart rolls through for a two count of his own. He then hits a fisherman suplex and the lion salt for the three at six minutes and 48 seconds. No, pretty standard Chris Jericho match. It is. <laughs> he didn't change much. For the but oh, go ahead. I was I, oh but what I, what I, what really struck to me is after seeing Chris Jericho in AEW versus here, mm -hmm. how big Chris Jericho has gotten in the last like two or three years. He's huge. Yeah. In comparison here. Well, he's fifty two. He's got to get the. I mean, come on. I know he's wide two J now. I get it. Yes. So after the match, the sit-down interview, Lionheart says that it's the right night of the lion. And he's looking forward to facing Pegasus. Pegasus being Chris Benoit. That's going to be awesome. Yes. yes. Final match. Oh, you know what? That was the last match. Yes. Uh, I actually have one more match we'll get into. Because uh, why not? Uh, the quarterfinal... I will just go through this match, because why the hell not? It's Jushin Liger. Grand Naniwa versus Jushin Liger. Match one of the quarterfinals. Okay, I did not see this. Okay, so. well then I guess we'll stop there. Because I want your opinion. So, okay. that's what you guys have to look forward to next. What did you think yeah, of well, round one? Anything you would have changed? Um... Less talking and maybe make the matches a little bit longer. Yeah, because some of because some of these matches are only like three or four minutes. And granted, it's a tournament, and you don't necessarily want to have a ton of really long matches in a tournament. But uh, the interview portions seem to go on a lot of the times as long as the matches did. It also, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, do you think it's because, you know, hey, the internet wasn't a thing, there's no streaming platforms, so you've got to kind of tell all your stories on that platform, on that show. And, I mean... I mean, pr probably. I mean, that's probably why they, they had to do that. But at the same time, like, you're at the event itself, you're not necessarily going to be trying to do a whole lot of storytelling. Yeah. At the, like, it's never a good idea to do a whole lot of storytelling the storytelling should be done prior to that agreed and and then played out during the event yeah no i agree um hmm well i really enjoyed it I, this is my first super jake 
excuse me, it was my first Super J Cup, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to see people like Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, the big names, and see where this goes. Yeah. Um, so, should be interesting uh, to keep watching. I liked Grand Naniwa. <laughs> And you I like, like Damien. Yes, I want the crab mask. I mean, so. you could probably you could probably get a crab mask while you're in Japan. Yeah, I plan on visiting Totokan. Have you been there? Seen anything about this place? I haven't been there. Well, uh, I, I, I will. Believe... I will make sure I send you lots of pictures because this okay. is like one of the things I'm looking forward to going going to is Totokan, Ribera Steakhouse, and. Um, uh, probably the new Japan shop. Mm. I probably won't get anything to be honest, but just to go there and see all the old memorabilia. I don't think I could find anything I really want, especially from I'm not a big uh, new. You know, I'm not big into New Japan wrestling or 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 you know Japanese wrestling in general. So like, for me, I don't know what I'd go there and get. But just seeing everything is just something amazing. The history of everything. I mean, it, the, one, the one thing that I would probably look to see, I mean, media itself is very expensive in Japan, but the yes. one thing that I would look to see, like maybe if they have some collections that are well-priced, because uh, if there's certain things that we just don't get over here, so like maybe uh, Best of the Super Juniors or something, you know, like yeah. that would be cool, cool to see. Um because there's there's certain like best of the super juniors tournaments that are like heralded as these great great things we just never got to see them oh like are there yeah. comp are there compilations or i would think that there would be or well, no, i'm trying to think have... like are these like are the best of the 95 or best of the 97 or is it like uh like is it like a compilation of like oh the best of the 90 super juniors or yeah, I mean, I don't know. I okay. Mean, I would, I would think that there would be something like that, or maybe just the whole event on on disc. Hmm. Well, I will definitely keep out an eye then, because I don't know what to expect. I've watched a YouTube video or two of TotalCon kind of look and what it's in there, but I I stopped watching when I knew I was going to go to Japan because I'm like, I want to look at this and be surprised myself. I don't want to do everything via YouTube and then get there and be like, oh, I already know what I saw of this. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch the next round. I probably sure will watch both rounds and wrap it up because there's not that many matches left. Yeah. We could do the rest of the corner finals, semifinals and the, and the finals. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what would you give this an overall ranking? Out of, uh, out of 10. Oh, out of 10? Or out of uh, 5, I guess. I don't know. What do you go? I guess whatever you want to do. I don't give a fuck. We'll, we'll say a solid 3.5 out of 5 for this first round. Yeah, I'd say a 3. The matches were good, but they were just kind of there. And obviously they kept all the really good wrestlers for the quarterfinals. Yeah. So. Either way. That is the 1995 Super J Cup. Anything else you want to discuss? Any uh, factoids you want to throw at us? Uh, Actually, no. I do have a question for you. Sure. Okay. 
what happens what happens to the winner of this do they just say you're the greatest junior heavyweight champion of the world or do they get some kind of match or like what's the purpose of joining all this i think they get a cup oh well i guess i think they get a i think they they get get a trophy trophy. oh okay yeah so it's just bragging rights pretty much okay And, and but like uh like I said, there are certain like uh, major titles that are um, represented here. Although for some reason, the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion was knocked out in the first round. Ah, NWA didn't have relevance then. Well, in Japan, it did because you know it's the NWA, so it, like the name did. Anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Reviewamania.com. There you'll find all our other bonus content, our wrestler spotlights, and all that good stuff, plus all the WrestleManias on that site and iTunes and everywhere else you find your podcasts. Until next time, I am Rob. Zach. All right. Later, everybody. Bye.